0: I love when patients tell me I don't look old enough to have a daughter in college. I mean, I think it's mostly that they can't see the bottom half of my face since I still wear a mask in clinic. But still, what's my secret? A dermatologist friend of mine told me about 15 years ago to use tretinoin, which is also known as Retin-A, every day. And I listened to her and it it totally works. Plus, I was locked in a hospital during daylight hours for like 15 years, so I really don't have any sun damage. Well, Last week, I ran into a friend and we were chatting on the sidewalk while her kids ran around us and she said to me, what the heck happened to my skin? Like, does motherhood suck all the youth out of your face? I don't know why my casual conversations always turn to medical stuff immediately. I mean, I think people just know I'm a doctor, so they jump right in. Anyway, the nerdy answer is that yes, there are physiologic changes during pregnancy and breastfeeding that affect our skin. You know that glow of pregnancy? It's because you have tons of increased blood flow and you also have more oil production in your skin. And that increased oil production, along with the hormonal changes, can also unfortunately lead to acne. Then there are all those years you spend not sleeping and chasing your kids around outside without sun protection. So yeah, I think becoming a parent does have a huge effect. There's a lot you can do to mitigate these changes though. So I called up my dermatologist friend and I got her on the show. Today, I'm talking to Dr. V. Geigler from Comprehensive Dermatology Group in Encinitas, California, and she will tell us what the heck happened to our skin and what we can do about it. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. It seems to me that there are an excessive number of cosmetic products that are marketed to us, and most of them don't really make any scientific sense to me. Like, I really don't think you can eat collagen and have it affect your skin. And the devices that claim to help products penetrate into the deep layers of skin just seems ridiculous if you know anything about skin anatomy. So I've invited dermatologist Dr. V. Geigler to explain the best ways to keep our skin healthy as moms, And to answer our burning question, what the heck happened to my skin after I had kids?
1: (laughs) But to answer your question, does pregnancy and motherhood change our skin? Well, of course it does. With pregnancy, we have a lot of hormonal changes. By the time we're pregnant and have children, we've also aged. So time has gone by. So there's a number of factors. One is obviously while we're playing with our children, we happen to be at the playground, we're in the sun. So we are getting more sun damage. But again, we're also having natural aging processes happen. So we have to take care of ourselves as well as taking care of our children. So taking care of the skin, there are some regimens that you can do. The first and most important thing is sunscreen. And sun protection. So while we're out playing with our children, make sure we have, you know, maybe a hat. Try to avoid the sun. Sit under an umbrella. Wear sun protective clothing. Wear sun protection such as sunscreen, and that's really the the first and most important thing I would say with protecting your skin. There's a number of different things that are important with sunscreen. The first and most important thing to me is the ingredients in the sunscreen. I prefer zinc or titanium ingredients because they have a broader protection of UVA and UVB rays. The other important thing is the SPF. SPF refers to the UVB protection. And having a higher SPF in general is better. I recommend that patients use an SPF 30 or higher. At a 30, with the amount that most people use, you're probably getting a 90-plus percent coverage. The higher the SPF, the higher the coverage you're going to get. But sometimes you can exchange that higher UVB protection for lack of UVA protection. So I think just getting a 30 or higher, to me, it doesn't matter as much. Is it a 45 or is it a 55? Although... The higher you can get, it's still probably a little bit better. The other thing is the higher the SPF, sometimes they're not as cosmetically elegant. So if you're not using it, that's considered an SPF of zero. So I'd rather you had an SPF of 32 with a product that you find elegant, which means easier to use, that you would use every day, than to have an SPF of 100 and never use it.
0: I love this concept of cosmetically elegant. What that means is that products are designed with a number of different filler ingredients and they come in different forms like spray or lotion. So you should try a few different brands and different products to find ones that you find easy to apply because the best sunscreen is the one that you actually put on. So it needs to be easy and feel really nice. The physical sunscreens, which are also known as mineral sunscreens, those are the ones that contain zinc or titanium. Those sit on top of the skin and they create a physical barrier to block UV rays. On the other hand, chemical sunscreens, those are the ones that have ingredients that you can't pronounce like avobenzone. Those are absorbed by the skin and then ultraviolet radiation, those rays are absorbed into the skin, turned into heat, and that's how your skin is protected. So these sunscreen ingredients, the chemical ones, they can be irritating because you absorb them. And there's also some concern that they can be hard on the environment. So for example, it's not recommended to wear them if you're going to swim around a reef. You do need to apply sunscreen way thicker than you think, and we really didn't touch on that. The other thing is that at one time, it was thought that UVA rays and UVB rays caused different effects. So some made aging worse and some caused skin cancer. But the truth is, they are all bad sun rays. Okay, we know plenty about sun protection and how that ages our skin. So I wanted to get into the other aspects of skincare. So aside from sun protection, are there other things you can do to prevent aging?
1: Oh, of course.
0: So again, the most important thing for anti-aging is sun
1: protection, but there are some other things that you can do. The most important one that most dermatologists recommend is some sort of retinoid, such as a prescription-strength Retin-A. Retin A is the prescription form. The generic is considered tretinoin, and it, there, it's in a class of molecules called retinoids. This particular cream, tretinoin, has been shown to decrease pore size, decrease brown spots, even out skin tone, decrease acne, as well as help build collagen. It works in an. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to go through that one. Sorry, I don't even care how it works.
0: I would love to hear how it works. Please tell me how it works. Okay. <laughs> how does Retin-A work? Well,
1: Retin-A is it's a vitamin A analog. So it works like vitamin A does. And it works on an intranuclear receptor. And it affects all sorts of different processes, such as it can affect melanocytes, it helps with fibroblasts and producing collagen. So there's many different ways, but it's there's an intranuclear receptor that it works on And it's probably the most recommended anti-aging product in dermatology. So there's a prescription form, which is tretinoin or Retin-A. There's there's a few others, uh, very similar products. And then there's also over-the-counter retinol. Retinol tends to be a little bit less irritating, but the efficacy is probably not as great. So it probably doesn't work as well. So what I'll tell people is, look, you can start with a retinol, start with an over-the-counter retinol, get your skin kind of used to it, getting kind of primed to it. And then once you're used to using the retinol, that you don't have any irritation, then you can ask your doctor to switch to prescription-strength retinoid. When I talk about the irritation, the problem with the retinoids or tretinoin is that it can cause a lot of irritation, such as redness, peeling, flaking there are tricks you can do to use it so that it doesn't cause these side effects. So the first thing I say is we'll start with a tiny little amount, not even a whole pea size, like a half a pea size for the entire face. Start it maybe once a week. Moisturize on top of it. You do this at night. And then once you're not having much irritation, say you do it once a week for a few weeks, then go to twice a week, then go to three times a week. I think ultimately you probably have to do it every other night. I do mine every night, but you probably have to do it at least every other night to get some benefit out of it. It's something that you want to do for the long run. You want to be able to use it for a long period of time because it does take months before you really see an improvement. I'll tell you, you can't use these products when you're breastfeeding or pregnant. So just be careful You know, as a mom, if you're breastfeeding or pregnant, just not to use this or, or many products while you're pregnant or breastfeeding.
0: Okay, so I had my husband go and buy me some uh, Retin-A in Mexico because, you know, I don't have anybody to prescribe it for me. And he bought me the cream (laughs) and I was sort of annoyed because I wanted the gel. Is there any difference between the cream and the gel? Well,
1: your husband did a good job because the cream is less irritating. The gel probably works a little bit better. It's probably a little bit more effective, but the gel tends to irritate people a little bit more. I think a lot of these things are just patient preference. Most of us dermatologists use some form of retinoid for the rest of our lives. We do. We think the data is the best on it, much better than um, most of the other ingredients in creams and anti-wrinkle creams.
0: Tretinoin, also known as retin-A, works in a way that we call a lock and key. The molecule of tretinoin fits into the retinoic acid receptor inside cells like a key fits into a lock and it turns on processes in skin cells that produce collagen and elastin. It also removes dead skin on the surface and debris and removes bacteria. Since it works by this lock and key mechanism, you don't have to leave the tretinoin on for more than 30 minutes because those magical effects are going to happen that quickly. So it's fine to wash it off, especially if it's causing a lot of drying. When you use a retinoid, you want to apply an amount the size of a green pea Just put it on your finger and then spread it all over your entire face. Also, it's really important to note that retinoids and retinol should never be used in pregnancy. They are derived from vitamin A, which is a fat-soluble vitamin, and that can reach a level in the mom's blood that could potentially be toxic to a developing fetus. The other thing we talked about is that you can get tretinoin as a cream or a gel. The gel has more alcohol in it and can be more drying but it's not really clear if it's more potent, although some people think it is. Gel is a good idea for oily skin, but if you have drier skin, you'll want to get a tretinoin that's a cream. Don't confuse retinoids like tretinoin with retinol, which is an ingredient in the -the over-the-counter anti-aging products. They're not the same. Retinol does not have as much potency compared to tretinoin, and tretinoin is only available by prescription. However, there are lots of online companies that will prescribe tretinoin to you and ship it to you directly. And I find these companies to be really easy to use and very safe. There is one other option that I really like, which is a dappling. That's sold under the brand name Differin, D-I-F-F-E-R-I-N, one of my favorites. And it's available without a prescription on any pharmacy shelf. For most people, a dappling or Differin works just as well as tretinoin. So what else is important to caring for our skin?
1: What I find really important with skincare is sticking to a regimen. I oftentimes have patients come in with like 15 different products and I joke that their, their skin has gone crazy, like completely crazy with so many different products. I want people to stick to a real simple regimen. And so the, the most popular regimen for me is, you, know, you do something in the morning, you do something in the evening. We're going to have you in the morning, cleanse your face, Use a sunscreen. Cleanse your face, use a sunscreen. You can add a moisturizer in there if you want. Some people need a moisturizer in the morning, some people do not. It depends on how dry your skin is. So you can use a cleanser, then moisturize, then put a sunscreen on. That's usually all that you need. If you have acne, if you have other concerns, there may be something we add in there. But that's it. Cleanser, moisturize, Sunscreen or just cleanse and sunscreen. Reapply sunscreen throughout the day. There are powder sunscreens that are available that I actually like for reapplication. When my son was little, I would have that in my diaper bag all the time. Because when I was out and about, I found it a little bit harder if I already had makeup on to put regular sunscreen on. And the powder sunscreen is a great way to reapply. Personally, I don't love the powder sunscreen as a first application for the day because I don't think you have enough coverage, but I think it's great to reapply throughout the day. At night, wash your face, use a retinoid, and use a moisturizer. Again, that's it. Wash your face, use a retinoid, and moisturize. And that's it. And so if you just do those basic things, AM, PM, cleanse, sunscreen, cleanse, retinoid, moisturize, that's a pretty good regimen for most people. Some people won't be able to tolerate the retinoid. Some people need different medicines in there. Some people might have sensitive skin like rosacea, prone skin. And so we have to tweak that, but that's the basic regimen.
0: I love that you're saying this because I know we get marketed to use serums and like so much vitamin C and a lot of promises are made about those products, but they're really unnecessary is what I think you're saying
1: pretty much and I have patients that will swear by or love a certain product then that's fine use it I think a lot of the benefit to some of these products is just that it's emoleating or it makes the skin look pretty in terms of the moisturization factor which is great and if you love a product go ahead and buy that one product and use that but I don't recommend those products for people who don't necessarily want them or need them I think the anti-wrinkle benefit is probably, pretty low in these products. There are a lot of uh, chemicals that are in there, such as vitamin C, growth factors. Probably most of them have very little efficacy. But if you like the serum then or, or the vehicle that it comes in, go for it.
0: Right. So you're saying that a lot of those products will kind of make you look good in the moment, but they're really not going to do anything for your long-term skin health. 100%. It's the
1: same sort of thing that I tell people, though, about like, if you like doing a manicure or a pedicure, you're not doing a manicure or pedicure because you think it's affecting the overall health of your nails. You're doing it because it looks pretty. So the same thing with if you have a serum that you think makes you look good, great, go ahead and do it. But don't think it's going to cause an anti-wrinkle effect 20 years down the road.
0: Dr. Geigler made there at the end. There is a difference between products that make your skin glow or look plump or add temporary tightness. And that's great. You can absolutely experiment with some of those products and use the ones that feel good and that you like. Then there are the strategies that help you maintain youthful skin by doing things like protecting against UV light, which we know causes genetic mutations in the DNA of our skin cells, which can lead to cancer. And you can also use chemicals like tretinoin, which we know works inside the cell to keep our skin acting like younger skin cells. Today, I really want to focus on treatment, not just the products that feel good, but products that increase those beneficial proteins in our skin or actually really, truly prevent damage and skin aging. Ask Dr. Geigler what sun protection products she likes.
1: My recommendation is usually to find a product that you like there are so many out there. And again, I, I want something with either zinc or titanium in it. I want something that has a 30 or higher SPF. And then there are so many out there. So some people like products that are a little lighter. Some people like products that are a little thicker and more moisturizing. And every patient has their favorite and they really want me to know what their favorite is because they want me to tell everyone about their favorite. But you know, that may be their favorite and not that might be, not be yours. So From a dermatologist standpoint, there are some brands that we particularly like. I particularly like this brand called Elta MD. Those are oftentimes doctor dispensed in the office. And for someone who wants something that's a little lighter or has acne-prone skin, we like the Elta Clear. There are other ones that you can use if you have drier skin, such as Elta Daily. There are a number of other lines. I, I really like the Elastin product. Uh, the Elastin sunscreen, it has a tint to it. So that's another factor with sunscreens. Some people, you know, you start to get the little brown spots and you start to get a little red spots. So the tinted sunscreen is nice. Then maybe you don't have to wear makeup, but some people don't want the tint. They don't want it getting on their clothes maybe. And so Elta has a, a tinted sunscreen that I really like as well. The one time a tinted sunscreen is helpful is for melasma. Anything that has to do with the pigment, the the iron oxide in tinted sunscreens does help with pigmentary disorders such as melasma.
0: Does it actually improve them? It
1: does. It's not just covering it up. Uh, The iron oxide helps to decrease the pigment itself. If I have someone who has melasma, I'll make sure to say, make sure your sunscreen is tinted.
0: That is so interesting. And melasma is what we call the mask of pregnancy, right? Mask of pregnancy,
1: correct. There's many different brands that make good products. Find one that works for you. I particularly like Cetaphil. I like CeraVe. I I like Elastin. I like Elta MD, MD Solar Sciences. There's so many out there that make good sunscreens. The other place that the powder sunscreen works well is in the part of our hair. I prefer, like, if someone will just put sunscreen in there, but most people don't want to put greasy sunscreen in their hair. So, at least putting the powder into the part does help.
0: How often do you find lesions in people's scalps, in their parts? Enough. Enough. Yeah.
1: We do, especially as patients get older, I'll find basal cells, squamous cells, melanoma in their scalp, especially in the part.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. That's the thing I think a lot of parents probably ignore their part. Exactly.
1: Wear a hat. The other interesting thing with skincare products is most of the absorption is in the first few minutes. So because the common question that I always get from patients is like, how long do I have to leave this on? Especially like medicines, right? They're like, oh, I can't leave this on. And I'm like, you know, most of the absorption is in the first few minutes. And so trying to push it in deeper, push it, I don't know if it even matters,
0: What about moms who have acne-prone skin? Do you have any other specific advice for those hormonal changes?
1: Yeah. So again, I mean, it depends on if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, then that's a separate exception, right? So, but if you're not pregnant or breastfeeding, acne-prone skin, you're going to use similar products that you do for anti-aging. So for example, the retinoids that we were talking about are great for acne. There's a number of other chemicals that can be used for acne-prone skin, one being a glycolic acid or salicylic acid. Glycolic acid helps with both acne as well as anti-aging. The efficacy for it for anti-aging is a lot less, but it still can help.
0: How bad is it to pop your zits?
1: It's not so good. <laughs> Popping your pimples is what can cause scarring. We really, really ask that people stop it. So there's two things about this. One is, if you can get someone on a good skincare regimen so that they don't have pimples, they'll stop popping them. Uh, the second is, you know, we, we really want people to stop popping, but don't beat yourself up because people who pop tend to pop. It's, it's, sometimes it's just a, a habit. And if you can try to break that habit, great. And again, if we can stop your acne, that's the best way so that you don't have anything to pop. But don't get mad at yourself.
0: Okay, how helpful is Botox and is it really worth the time and expense?
1: One hundred percent. Is this even a question? Damn it. (laughs) Is this a question? Botox is amazing. So again, you can't do it if you're breastfeeding or pregnant. I'm going to talk about just the average woman who, or or man, but average woman in this case, who's aging. (laughs) I, I, I like to use it on people who have wrinkles. So the number one most common area for Botox is between the eyebrows, what we call the glabella, between the eyebrows. And the reason is that sometimes it's not even just aging, but it makes us look angry. So Botox is injected. It's been around for decades now. It has an amazing safety profile. You usually want to do it every, say, three to four months. It's a fast procedure and it really helps with those lines between the eyebrows. We also do botox in a lot of other areas of the face. It's mostly done in the upper face, so you're looking at your forehead, your crow's feet. You can do a little bit in certain other areas around the lips. You can do some in the jawline. You have to be careful and you need to, you know, your your doctor needs to know what they're doing. And so they need to be familiar with botox and how many units and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's it's fabulous. It works. It works really well. The trend in the last decade or two has been to go for a more natural look. And so we tend not to put as many units in as we did when we were doing it a few decades ago, which is nice. And so it just kind of gives you a little bit of a fresher look. With time, most patients will notice that their lines will soften if they use Botox on a regular basis. A lot of people will say to me, Well, I don't want to get addicted. If What happens if I stop it? Well, if you stop doing Botox, nothing happens. In fact, your lines, if you've been doing Botox for a while and then you stop it, your lines probably look better than they did before you were ever using the Botox. So it's not going to hurt you to stop it if you ever just can't get in, you don't want the expense or whatever, for whatever reason, if you stop it. There is that other thing that I want my kid to know I'm mad at him. So I want a little bit of movement, <laughs> but I don't want to look angry all the time. And and this is this goes back to... Is there something about motherhood or pregnancy that ages us? Well, probably we entered motherhood five to ten years before we came out of it. (laughs) Or the pregnancy. We've aged now. We're ten years older. Now we've got lines. Some people do Botox for prevention of wrinkles. And that's controversial and that's just an individual conversation. You know, you can do a few units in different areas to try to prevent the lines. It definitely helps, but it's a personal choice whether or not you want to start at an earlier age or not. The safety and efficacy have been you know, shown many times over. I mean, it's a, it's a safe injection. It's effective. So it's, it's really up to the individual when to start.
0: That's so funny. I always thought it was only for prevention and that it was too late for me, but you're saying that Botox works great once you have wrinkles.
1: Yeah. I tend to use Botox a lot more for patients who actually have wrinkles. Now let's talk, okay? So what are we talking about with wrinkles? So there's wrinkles with movement and that's what Botox works best for. If you move a muscle, if you're making an expression and you have wrinkles, that's what it works best for. If you have wrinkles at rest, it'll still help soften it, but probably not as much. A lot of times what I'll do with patients is I'll take my fingers, I'll stretch out the area between their eyebrows, and I'll say, look, this is the best that we can do with Botox. And so you can do that to yourself. Stretch out that skin and see what's there, and that's probably what it's going to look like after you have
0: Botox. Oh, trust me, we are all stretching our faces in the mirror and staring at it all the time. So thank you for giving us permission. Okay, so is there a rule for fillers then when you have wrinkles at rest? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. So that's where the
1: filler really is great if it's wrinkles at rest. And filler, we tend to use more in the lower face. So what we call the nasolabial folds, those big smile lines between the nose and the corners of the mouth. The corners of the mouth, Corners of the mouth is a really common area. And actually the lips also. A lot of times we think of uh, lip filler as just enhancement, making our lips look bigger. But really, as we age, our lips thin. And so for most of my patients, I'm just trying to get their lips to look like what their lips should be like if they weren't aging with their lips to match the rest of their face.
0: Well, and as we age, we have bone loss around our eye sockets. So I know our eyes look more sunk too.
1: All of the above. We lose the bone. We have loss of fat pads. So aging is very multifactorial and we have loss of volume, we have gravity, we have collagen loss. There's so many different factors that play into it. So a lot of times people want to say, well, what, what can I do? But there's different aspects we have to look at. We have to look at the texture of the skin, we have to look at volume loss, we have to look at the dynamic lines from when you're you know, moving.
0: That's what we can learn is that signs of aging are inevitable. And the years we spend caring for our kids show on our face and our neck and our chest. And we can wear these changes with pride. If you love some products because they feel good or smell good, embrace them and enjoy them. But then there are the things we do for our skin on an ongoing basis to prevent damage for the sun that can lead to skin cancers. So wear your sunscreen every day. Be sure to apply to the tops of your ears, your neck, your chest. Also, we know that retinoids, but not retinol, but prescription retinoids or over-the-counter adapalene increases collagen production and elastin in the skin and slows the effects of aging on the skin. The easiest way to do all of this is to have a really simple regimen. Dr. Geigler likes a morning routine of washing the face with a gentle soap and then applying sunscreen. And if you don't have dry skin, you even get to skip your moisturizer. And at night, wash, apply your retinoid. And if it's really drying or irritating, just start with a few days a week of the retinoid, then apply a good moisture on top. As you start to show signs of aging, if you want, you can consider Botox. At least by the time you need it, your kids will be old and you'll have more free time to go get your injections. I'll continue my conversation with Dr. V. Geigler in next week's episode when we talk about treating skin problems like discoloration and stretch marks, and she talks about some of the nutritional supplements you can take that have really surprising effects on skin. So be sure to follow and catch that episode. For more from The Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.